Welcome to the Go Digital Jason Lowe Show, where I interview business owners and founders alike on their strategies in digital transformation and how they scale their businesses to the next level. If you are looking to grow digitally, then this is the podcast for you. Stay tuned for today's special guest as this podcast starts in 3, 2, 1. So I actually received a request from Kent a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it was during the MCO period and he was actually introducing to me what his company is doing and what the founder of PassXL is actually doing. So I actually interviewed Juven in one of my first Zoom interviews a couple of weeks ago on how he's bringing the education industry online. So I hope you enjoy this episode like all the rest of my episodes as usual. And stay tuned as the podcast is starting in 3, 2, 1. Hey, so Juven, you know, welcome to the show, man. Hey, thanks, thanks, Jason. Thanks for having me here. Right, right, right. So Juven, uh, I was introduced to him by one of his colleagues, actually Kent. Uh, small shout out to Kent over here. So Kent actually reached out to me and, and he actually shared about what PassXL has been doing, what you have been doing, how you are actually trying to bring, you know, educational digital courses online and things like that. I mean, I mean uh, being like someone that runs digital uh, trainings myself, for, as myself, you see a lot of adults doing it, like digital marketing, online gurus, you know, a lot of stories about gurus doing all the nonsense recently online but you rarely see a lot of people doing it towards the younger generation or to the younger crowd like what you are doing over here so um, earlier on I mentioned that you guys are focusing on IGCSE tuition and Correct. you guys do it online and things like that but maybe you can explain a little further to the fellow listeners out there who are not too familiar with what this whole program is about all right, so IGCSE is, uh, I would say, is an alternate program. So just like we have SPM, uh, students who go to the international school, they do IGCSE. So some of them do IGCSE, some of them do IB. IGCSE is just a UK-based program. Uh, so it's taken over all over the Commonwealth and many other countries. So basically what it does is when you finish your IGCSE, you get um, the high school certificate. It's basically a high school certificate to make it as simple as possible it's equivalent to your SPM. But the only difference is, you know, the syllabus, the, uh, the assessment objectives, the way they question, yeah, that is the main uh, differentiating factor between IGCSE and SPM, I would say. So like for you guys to obtain qualifications to teach an overseas like a high school project like this, was it like a really mm. tough ride? Was, was it something that you were involved in even before you started past Excel or how, how was like the backstory? <laughs> how did the backstory go? <laughs> So like for me personally, I am a qualified chartered accountant and then I did banking, but I always knew teaching was my thing. Uh, and then when I went into teaching, there are a lot of alternative learning centers uh, around Klang Valley, which means they're not exactly an international school per se. You know, they operate from shop lots and then what they do is they teach IGCSE. So when I started teaching, I started teaching in one of those schools. And I noticed that um, the way they taught not only in one or two of those schools because I taught in a few and I noticed all around it was the same and parents um, agreed with what are the views that I had about them. So basically um, what happens is in the modern day context like what you said about the online gurus teaching is a bit more worse because um, everybody assumes anybody and anyone can be a teacher. So I've uh, come across like classes where 100% of the students fail, you know, fail mass. Everybody failed. Uh, and when you ask the teachers why exactly the students fail, they just blame it on the students. And it's quite common across the board. 
for me, it was very unacceptable because let's say I were to do the same thing in a bank uh, because I was in charge of operational risk. If I told all the branches under me got dropped, it's not going to be cool, you know. Uh, but this was something that was really okay in the schooling system. And then this is when we, when I started teaching, like, you know, within three months, the whole class went into an A star. So that's when I realized, okay, there's something more that we can do. Uh, and when I started, I always wanted to do it online because it helped me reach out to more students, uh, more students, more parents, as well as there was a lot of resistance when I started going online. But basically online, I would say is a much better method. Though with the COVID hitting, a lot of parents are still going against it. A lot of parents still find that online is not the way you should be doing education. Maybe for adults, but not for teenagers, uh, not for young adults, definitely. This is parents' view for now, like even now. Right. So before moving further, you know, I would like to like extend the point about how COVID is influencing education, things like that. But there were a few right. things that you mentioned earlier on which kind of piqued my interest. One would be like how all the students like attended uh, a course and they failed. Is this uh-huh. mostly like on in a private center or is it literally we're talking about schools or like really recognized institutions and things like that? Uh, so now, before I didn't know about recognized institutions, right? Because before we opened Pass Excel, it was just um, students from learning centers and all that. So once we open Pass Excel, we get most of our students are from established uh, institutions. Some of them, I would say, is the same story. Like uh, though the better recognized names are not as bad, but there are a lot of international schools these days and quite a number of the students still tell the same story, the story that I've experienced in these private learning centers as well. It's the same story across the board. Um, I feel it's because it's because we allow it to happen. We personally allow it to happen. Like imagine if a doctor killed 100 patients, right? We won't blame it on God. We would definitely blame it on the doctor. But on te- in teaching, it just happens that we accept that even if a whole class fails, or maybe my student, all the students were very playful. You know, you didn't listen to the teacher. This is, this is still how Malaysians see it. So it's quite unfortunate. Lah. So in this sense, you, uh, in, in your opinion, because you decided to try and conduct or push mm-hmm. this course online, uh, how do Correct. you feel that, uh, what was the, the gap that you felt that the on, because of online, it can actually try and make students to engage things better and things like that? Okay, so I think you would also be, you, you will know this better, but I'm just uh, iterating this for the benefit of the people who are listening. So when you go online, right, the best part of things is everything is trackable. So since I come from a, like a data-based background, um, the moment we went online, all the classes are recorded, Jason, just like what we're doing. Uh, so what happens is, I'm able to see every single thing that happens in the classes. So, and when teachers assign, it's also on our platform. They assign homeworks, it's on our platform. How fast teachers mark, we are able to track. How fast students return the work, we are able to track. Where exactly the students go, um, where exactly the students are unable to, you know, complete or they are struggling, we are able to track. Uh, And best yet, when the classes go online, right, it's real time. this is very true. If you, uh, if any teachers listening to this, they can corroborate my my point of view. Especially when you teach boys, right? Teenage boys, it's a bit more challenging than teenage girls. Because boys, when you teach it, teach them in person, they will close their books. They won't let you see and all that. 
But when it happens on our platform, what happens is the moment the students are writing the answer, the teacher gets to see it as the student is typing. So when the student types and deletes or rewords things, the teacher knows, oh, okay, this is what he's thinking. This is what he's struggling with. Compared to, you know, in a real-time environment, all this is not possible. So, and also the other thing is we found that students warm up to online classes way, way faster than in person. So like if previously it takes me maybe five to six, six classes before the student starts telling me about their parents, their girlfriend, whatever, if it's online class, maybe by the end of the first class, because for them, this is like native environment, you know, compared to meeting people face to face. So yeah. I, I totally get that, man. Like, especially for like people with certain introvert uh, tendencies, a little bit like me, <laughs> they will feel e- more easier to warm up through online. And for me, like, it's easier for me to communicate with people via WhatsApp and then people keep calling me and things like that. I mean, I, I totally get that. Uh, but I was very intrigued with your earlier point, you know, when you say about, okay, we know data tracking everything. I mean, this is the core of any digitalization activities, right? Why do you want to go digital? Because you can track, that's the point, you can get the data. Data, you can analyze data and some of you come from like the banking and accounting you know numbers is everything if if we do yeah. not have uh, numbers we can't make informed decisions and I think this is very true when you actually translate it down towards like a student and an educational level if not how, how would teachers technically know about all this right so uh, the things that you've built so far is it like uh, an is it considered you have a very strong LMS backend at the back there Correct, correct. We, we have a strong LMS at the back there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but besides the technology, I would say choosing teachers also is the reason uh, why this works as well. So in the, one part of education, I think, is the digitalization part, which, like I said, a lot of parents are still not warming up to that. Uh, and then the other part is choosing qualified and, you know, teachers who really want to teach. Uh, that's the other part of the equation. And for us, the digitalization has been easier, way, way easier than finding qualified, passionate teachers. Because a lot of the times when teachers say they love to teach, right? And I'm not kidding, Jason. I've interviewed, uh, I think, so the candidates have come for interview, I think have exceeded like 500. Like we shortlist them and then they come for the interview rate. is only 4%, I think, for final interview. What we found out is when they reach the final interview and when I do interview them, most of them just love talking, you know they don't exactly are passionate about teaching. Most teachers just want to unload information on the students. So that's been a challenge. But in terms of LMS, yeah, LMS, I think if you don't have a strong LMS, it's very, it's going to be very hard to digitalize because then it's only going to be something like a Zoom or Skype session, which is what most international schools and private learning centers are doing now once COVID hit. Yeah, because at the end of the day, Zoom and Skype or whatever is just a, a communication platform. It does not have uh, a, a lot of tools that can enable, like you said earlier, on, all these kind of tracking, calculations and stuff like that. Oh, by the way, just, just to uh, answer listeners and maybe for teachers out there that might pick up this podcast and they do not know what LMS means. So LMS was stat, uh, actually stands for Learning Management System. Am I, am I correct? That's the f- correct, full correct. name. So it's basically a digital learning management system at the back where you can uh, manage your users, manage your teachers, you know, do all kinds of, as long as uh, the program is about teaching someone something, that's where usually people 
people will engage a LMS, a learning management system, to help them to do it. But I mean, uh, I don't know, know whether you're comfortable to share or not, but when you were building your website and integrating an LMS, was it something you guys built from scratch or you guys literally found like a very reputable vendor out there that is ready and you guys, was ju you guys just literally onboard them onto the, the website and stuff like that? So first we tried um, finding a reputable vendor and then um, integrating with the website. And then we found that it doesn't really um, satisfy all the needs that we had. So we had to build one because like a lot of the things that they had didn't really cater to our needs, like how we wanted to track data, like how we want to ensure communication happens smoothly on the platforms and all that. Because um, most of these white label solutions, right? So like you said, white label solution means you just take a, a established vendor and then you just use them. So what happens is they cater to a very broad market. So let's say, and most of them don't really cater a high school level. So um, theirs will be more for universities or even, you know, uh, training programs by HR for HR, for HR function and all that. Yeah. Right, right. So how, how long did it actually, you know, took you to, hey, sorry, so how long is Pass Excel anyway? <laughs> I don't even know that, you know, how long have you been running the business? So Pass Excel, we went completely online uh, in June last year. So which ah. means, so which means we were quite lucky, lah, right? Before COVID hit, we were like, I mean, we had a six, eight months head start before mm -hmm, COVID hit. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. right. Mm. And how, how long did it took for you guys to, you know, try and like get this system up and running like the process? uh so when we went online we already because like like i said in the beginning we uh so the last six sorry uh we went june last year we went completely online so before that we were uh trying the white label solution zoom so we discovered all that is a very it's an okay fit but it's not great it's not great so uh, after we started on june then we already had our platform ready which was which which is really enabling us to do what we do right now Mm -mm. Did it took you a long time to build the platform? Uh, this the, the development side it take it didn't take that long because I think um our our partner was really good like he knew uh, mm. he knew how to do this part and we already knew what we wanted because we already had so much of uh, you know experience of doing it online and glitches and you know what we know we knew what exactly we wanted so that's what he told us lah because we knew what we wanted it made his job easier. And like, if anybody else is listening to this and they want to digitalize their business, I would definitely recommend that they try out all the free stuff first, uh, you know, figure out exactly what it does not give them and what exactly the businesses need and then go for a custom solution. Because sometimes like if you straight away go for a custom solution, it's a bit of a challenge also, right? Because you don't really know what you want and you would not be able to tell your developer exactly what you want. So this is my own opinion now. It, that's not an opinion, man. That's great advice. Uh, yeah. Basically, because you've been through it, you know, technically it's not an opinion anymore. <laughs> it's literally an experience that you've shared. So uh, yeah, I really had to ask this because a lot of time when I had clients come to ask me about all this, they have a ton of unrealistic expectations on digitalization. Right. They think digital, yeah, right. hey, no, it, they can see free stuff online. Then, oh, yeah, sign up only, ma. Wow, five minutes, bam, <laughs> boom, done. And digital. Then they realize, oh, this software actually, you know, not, not suitable. This one they don't know what to do. Then they get confused. Then they get angry. They get frustrated. And then they'll put all the blame in everything else, you know, and exactly. things like that. Yeah, yeah. So, 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 
this one I have to help you a bit there, Jason, because I find that a lot of business owners are very unrealistic in their expectation when they engage vendors. Like we did for digital marketing or branding or you know even this um, like what we just discussed that the development because they just think um, every other agency or every other freelancer out there is like a magic genie lah. You just pay them and boom. Your, all your problems are solved. So they don't understand that unless you communicate and you tell clearly what you want, then the person will not be able to execute. So yeah, this is something that we should educate Malaysians on. Absolutely great advice there. Thanks for saying things that I've been talking about. <laughs> you have to save <laughs> my time in explaining all this right from the get-go over here. So right, yeah, right now, Yuvan, uh, we're going to take a short break. Coming right after the break, I would really love to uh, extend the earlier point where you shared about how COVID is not affecting everything. I'm going to talk about some of the views that I see also. Hopefully, I can hear some on your side regarding the education sector. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be right back. So PassXL is Malaysia's leading IGC SE tuition provider that facilitates students to learn live online with Malaysia's top quality IGC SE tutors. Their vision is to transform the way of learning and teaching by making quality tutors available to students anywhere, anytime. So if you are interested to find out more of what Juven is doing at PassXL, head on over to PASXCEL.com today to find out more. Hey there guys, you're tuning to the Go Digital with Jason Lowe show where I interview business owners on their strategies and how they actually took certain digital initiatives to bring their business online. So today I have the founder of PassXL Academy, teacher Yuvan right now with me and earlier on we had a very interesting uh, topic on how he actually managed to successfully digitalize his business right before COVID hits because as we know right now COVID is not COVID-19 or the coronavirus is is, is halting the economy, is halting everything. A lot of industries are going down, a lot of businesses can't work, retail can't work, tourism can't work, education uh, centers or institutions all cannot start back their classes. What SPM all delaying is going to be a gap year, you know, all, so much news going on, everybody's worried. Uh, even my site, I mean, I deal a lot with retail clients. They, they, they not, okay, recently retail is kind of getting back up, but people are just not going to the malls to like lepak anymore. They're not, lingering around they just go they buy something they go back so a lot of like uh, add-on things that probably they will splurge on they just don't do it anymore right so that is how the industry is and retail sales have not been recovered fully ever since even when the COVID uh, situation was kind of lifted the CMCO you know is lifted now. but but for education centers they are primarily still not allowed to run am I right Yuvan? yeah they're primarily still not allowed to run correct because they have at least a lot of class, people, students in their classes, right? More than 10, more than 20, then how, right? Even they do yeah. like social distancing on the tables or so. Does that work for them? I, I'm not too sure. So yeah, I really love to hear yeah, your thoughts on the future of education once after this COVID-19 kind of subsides a little bit. Right. I think a lot, though, you know, I myself are, uh, am doing uh, online education, right? Digital education. I still don't think, uh, you know, the naysayers who are coming out there and saying, oh, you know, schools are going to be gone. Everything is going to go online. Uh, no, I, I still don't agree on that because if anything, you can observe the first month of MCO, people are just dying to go out and parents just want to like, you know, make sure their children go out of the house so that they can have some free time and all that. 
So the future of education, I believe it is digital, but it's going to be a blended digital. So like, for example, like what we do at Pass Excel, right? Like even though the academic classes, everything is trackable, it's all done online, we still invite students to come together to have activities. Of course, we have international students who can't join us. For that, we do other uh, social activities online as well. So it always has to be a blended approach like, in order for it to have the biggest buy-in from parents. For now, because what we are doing is we make sure that the academics are covered online and we try to also encourage parents to uh, see the other part of developing social skills you know because education also involves social skills right so a lot of uh, schools disregard this so in our uh, for past excel what we do is we make sure that there is a, a forum there is discussions there's book clubs so we bring all the students from all over the world and we engage them like lately we discussed about uh, public safety balancing public safety and economic stability in the wake of COVID-19. So it was very nice to see all the 16, 15-year-olds doing their research, coming together and discussing. So I believe though the future of education is going to be hugely digital, the, the brick and mortar, I don't think it's going to disappear. Like, just like how, like what all the profits are seeing, I don't think so. They're going to, it's going to disappear completely. I think people still would want to see the brick and mortar part of it, but definitely digital is going to grow way faster. That's for sure. So for your institution, are you also going to like uh, open back your classes, but you keep the students at a minimum range onwards or, or you guys are really on the way that's digital permanently right now for, for this period? Okay, so we have been always 100% digital. So that's why I feel like, so since we have done the 100% digital part, right? We feel like, Okay, we do maybe still need to have uh, the physical part of it as well because people, I think, as not just teenagers, I think everyone are, uh, everybody needs community. And though you can build a very strong community online, I think coming together in person, that's a different level. Lah. But if you're asking in terms of other private learning centers, right, I think distancing can be done. Uh, social distancing can be done as long as it is kids who are above maybe 15. For, for children, it's impossible because when I was teaching in one of those, uh, few of those learning centers, right, I've also, I also been the vice principal. So when I was the vice principal, sometimes I do look, uh, look after the operations of primary school, though I'm teaching in secondary and it's impossible to keep seven, eight years old social distancing. I think this is not going to work. They wrestle, they run after each other. Yeah, it's not going to work. That part's not going to work, which is why I can't see how like daycare centers and all, um, especially handling toddlers, are going to open anytime soon. Mm, that's right. So in, during the, 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 when the MCO hit and stuff like that, uh, a lot of other businesses that I deal with, they actually see a surge in, in terms of the online orders and the online engagement. Was it the same for your business? Correct. Actually, for my business, what happened is, right, um, the first month, I think, after MCO hit, parents were required to pay international, the school fees. So, right, and most international schools did not offer um, a justifiable discount. Like, it was like 10%. And, and, and I know of one school which increased their fees during MCO time. So, they are real champions. <laughs> Champions, <la>, though. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah. And so parents really felt bad, you know. Okay, the reason why parents felt bad, right, I can easily 
tell you why. Because we've been doing online and parents pay the fees and parents never complain about anything to us. The, the main reason is, right, Jason, I think this is where people will need your help. Uh. They don't really know how to go digital. Like when they do the classes, it is still very much as if it's a brick and mortar business, which means the teacher appears online, right? And they just unload the information. First of all, that itself is not teaching. Second of all, in a class, in a in a classroom that is online, it's a digital classroom. You know how many of the students even uh, tell us that oh, before this, you know, when we were with the other school, what we do is we just turn off the video. The teacher doesn't know. We play the Zoom uh, video on loop. They do all this all these naughty things, you know, just because the teacher is not engaging enough, and the teacher themselves and the school themselves don't know how to really do this digitally. So when you don't know how to do things, then of course it becomes a huge challenge, lah. Mm, 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 right. So in terms of uh, interest to sign up, was it something that you noticed more uh, external parties were uh, more into it with your, with your type of solutions during the MCO also? Like yeah. suddenly because people don't really like, oh, your international school is not working anymore. Got to find alternative. My child, and then they search, search online. Oh, got Pets Excel. Let's try it out. Did you have like really an increase in this kind of uh, interest and demand? We did, we did. Okay, so if you, uh, for me, right, the biggest challenge when we went online, because that time we did not have COVID, was convincing parents that online is better, or at least if they don't want to think it's better, at least equally effective as offline. It was a real challenge, you know, they're like, oh, no, la, my child will play game, la, my child will go to another tab, la, or macam, macam. But then the moment COVID hit, right, suddenly all this argument that they used to present before suddenly doesn't seem real anymore. And like they like, yeah, online works suddenly. And we were like, yeah, we've been doing this for some time. We definitely know it works. The search was there. Like, definitely the search was there. Yeah, that's good to know. A lot of people, when they think that they're online, okay, even La, right? I mean, uh, applicable to everyone that's trying to digitalize their business. They think that, okay, got system ready, spend so much money, half a year to build my system and things like that. Okay, got Facebook page there, and then they wait. <laughs> no. Yeah, they wait like, oh, so what do I do next? Like, you know, no, no awareness, they don't execute on, on digital marketing. You know, all these are, are the parts and parcel of online. It's not a retail, you know. You, you rent, la, don't know how many thousand you pay for your store. You got a freaking huge signboard outside there. And uh, that is considered, you know, the eyeball marketing and stuff like that. But when you're totally online, you know, it's, it's still the same thing one, you know, for business owners. They got to really mm-hmm. figure out where do you, where are you going to get the attention? How do you pull people to notice who you are? And a lot of strategies are still in place. And like, see, see you guys, you guys when just launched about almost a year ago, huh? if you said you launched June last year, now it's, Tomorrow, Monday's June already. <laughs> Monday's already first June. Oh my goodness, so fast. You guys really took time to build, you know, the presence, the, the trust, the convincing, you know, all this has to be done. It's the parts and, part and parcels of trying to digitalize your business that a lot of right. owners also kind of shove it behind their mind or something. I don't know, right? So yeah, it's good to hear that you guys really went through the process and you guys are really seeing like, you know, the fruits of your efforts and whatnot right now, right? So what, what yeah. would be the, the future be, you know, for you guys? Are you guys going to extend like more courses or are you guys going to like implement, well, I don't know, some next level AI stuff that, you know, people are talking about in, in like learning and stuff like that? Well, what's your take on it? So ours would be, AI would be once we get funding and once we can grow bigger. Lah. But for now, what we would like to do is we would like to uh, expand our reach and make parents know that, you know, online education is a valid option. Not only online, that, you know, you also have to find a proper provider. Just like, I mean, even digital marketing, right? There's so many providers out there, but you have to find one that 
gives you what you want exactly like in terms of education i think education really has become it's run by anyone now and it's run by people who generally their focus is just the bottom line and instead of producing individuals who are holistic individuals who can think like for us it's always been you know we want students to learn at their own pace and excel on their own terms so to to let a child develop that has somehow missed the entire equation in education lah so that's what we want to bring and make sure that we can expand big enough that one day uh, joining pass excel will be a no brainer and every i feel every malaysian child should have access to this good quality education lah compared to like you know just going to government school and like all of us know the education is going down down so at least this should be available for every malaysian child that's that's pass excel's dream in the long run right so what 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 do you think are one of the main reasons that um okay how how digitalized do you feel our education system is actually like the government's education system <laughs> how digitalized do you think they currently are i i totally lost touch with all these you know graduated so long ago at my time totally almost no uh, they introduced powerpoints i guess in class <laughs> but beyond that like how is it right now anyway i would like to hear like some, some feedback from you yeah side. so i had few nephews and nieces uh and uh, so those those are the ones who are still in government school and bro you won't believe it no like standard 6 they still ask them to do folio still go and cut flower paste on the, stick book. on the book right <laughs> yeah stick on the book and i'm like what how is this going to build you into you know the next level or build you for the 21st century and even uh, in terms of coding uh, my wife's uh, nephew he was telling me apparently though in tv they said that every school will be accessible every st- every school will have access to this but is at the end of the day the choice of the school principal whether they want to execute certain uh, programs that the government launched so there are many schools that still they don't learn coding uh, very very minimal uh, digitalization is extremely minimal you you won't believe it like the form 4 form 5 um, textbook and syllabus like their history syllabus and all has not been changed in the last 13 14 years it's it's very much same you know uh, and i think for parents why private education in malaysia is growing uh, is the main reason that there's no consistency no drive like if you change something if you say that hey we're going to do uh, english and i mean sorry science and malay maths in malay they don't see it through you know like for me i personally find that if you feel like english language proficiency is the problem then you increase english classes lah ha. why you go and make maths and science in in english when you know majority of the population can't cope so there's a lot of um, deficiencies and if you talk to government school teachers you will find that so called uh, digitalization plans that they have made right the government has made actually just doubled up the teachers work because apparently they still have to maintain the manual system because the digitalized part of it can crash any time so they need to have a backup so what happens is the teachers have now uh, double the work in order to keep the system going and all this distracts them from doing what they actually were occupied to do which is teaching which is why when they come to pass excel i mean any teacher that comes to pass excel they notice that there's no manual everything is digitalized and the system works really well so they can just concentrate on doing what they are supposed to do which is teaching coaching mentoring the student and developing the student so the government said like it's very sad like how you know well let's not comment there like but yeah it's quite sad because right. most yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So totally hope, hopefully that I you know our our education system, uh, you know, with COVID and everything going on, maybe they are changing. They are, they're looking at different initiatives. So for us, we can only hope for the best <laughs> that uh the students' interests and the nation's uh future talents' interests actually uh you know well taken care of in terms of this aspect. So that that's why we know we're doing shows like this. Uh, so that you can tell from your side how digitalization or how you have been able to actually gain so much more just because you decided to really take on the digital route you know and yeah so it's you know it's my job your job everyone's job out there to really do content like this that's why we're doing content like this and hopefully all this content can somehow even if this content can give someone another you know academic institution out there an inkling of an idea to even take the first step towards moving towards digital that'll be good enough you know our job here is kind of done uh, so, something i think even you you do not really know actually my parents are teachers uh, yeah. so I've been living with yeah teachers my whole life. My mom, my mom herself is an English teacher. My dad is uh-huh. a is a BM teacher and things like that. Even I wanted to be a teacher. I, I even oh, went and tried to apply. Yeah, I even tried to apply Tassel and I got rejected. Uh-huh. So yeah, that 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 ends my teaching, <laughs> ends my teaching career, and that was it lah. So then I took IT and then yeah, long uh-huh. story short, I'm here where I am today. So so I hear a lot of I do hear a lot of stories from. Uh, my family or, or, or the challenges that the teacher the teaching force are also facing mm. and things like that so of course we, 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 we can't hope we can't change too many things but we can only hope that with more awareness and more even edu- more education in the education sector <laughs> regarding digital <laughs> initiatives uh, uh-huh. things would really get better that, that's that's it right so yeah, Yuvan, yeah. So, so we've come to the end of the show I think this is, is a great episode I learned a lot of things that I never heard before which is great so yeah I've been looking to really kind of find someone from the education line that has been on digital for some while already and because when I do my episodes I have a lot of different industry people and you see lah my episode all different industry and uh, also right, got right. alright right. so this one will be a, a good uh, input into the list so yeah thanks Yuvan I really wish you the best hopefully with hopefully that uh, your institution can continue to excel like like your name <laughs> yeah and continue to go forward right <laughs> no need for the students alright Yuvan okay thanks for your time bye Yuvan thanks thanks Jason thanks for listening to the show production by Rainworks Studio with my friend Chintat music by Ofnil Naga and yours truly enjoyed this episode please subscribe on your favorite podcast platform for more this was go digital jason low